Hiya, Bobby! You are tuned into the... You are... You are tuned into the failing frequency! My name is Ken. And I'm Ken, also. We're all Ken! We're all Ken this week. Uh, uh, just joking, our names are under us. You can yeah. read. Presumably. Um, whoever we are, we like talking about Star Trek. We do indeed, and what track are we talking about this week? We've got a lot of oh, it. Oh, mate, there was so much. Because of all, there was some serious shenanigans um, this recent, last weekend at San Diego Comic-Con 2023. And so <laughs> we have a bunch of announcements. We've got trailers. We've got preview scenes. We've got announcements of upcoming content. Um, before we get into a, a double episode review for yeah. two episodes of Star Trek that came out in the past week. Uh, those old scientists and Under the Fog of War. That Under was the, the name of today's of episode, right? Was it the Fog of War? I don't know. Oh, Under, Under the Cloak the of War, I think. Under the Cloak of... Under the Clouds. Under the Something like that, yeah. Something or other. And because there's so much, you know, if you're after... A review of actual this week's episode time codes as we always say below yeah because if... I, I do i don't know if we mentioned before before we started recording but i don't i like i think we not i don't think we've got time to do non-spoilers yeah yeah it's gonna nah. be especially for um the first episode of strange new worlds that we're talking about everyone's already seen it you know yep. <laughs> if you if you everyone, haven't and you desperately everyone. need to go out to see it yeah yeah. Uh, but before we get into any of that, how you doing, Mike? I'm good, I'm good. Um, it, it's been a nice, chillaxed week for me again. So, no emptying offices. I'm trying to get myself um, fit and healthy uh, again this week. That That's my main aim. But, uh, oh. yeah, that, that's that's me this week. A nice, simple one. I, I bought nice. myself a load of travel sweets to eat during this long um, presentation of, of Double Episode Wise. and Comic-Con. But if you hear me chewing, tell me to shut the fuck up. Yeah, man. Um, mm. I, I wouldn't because that would be rude. Yeah. Um, uh, but how are you do, like, how are you doing if, anyway? If you if if you do start making a lot of chewing noises, I might just make make chewing noises myself, just mm. so then like, so then it's not just you; it's both of us that are the problem. Yeah. You want to fit in as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. How you how are you doing anyway, mate? There's Great, something man. different I, about you, and I can't tell there, what it is. Is there? Is mm. there? Um, uh, yeah, I went to see Barbie. Did you? And enjoy it? Mate, it was fucking awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, man, it was so good. It's so, oh. like, it's so feminist and leftist and, yeah. like, existential mm. and uh, funny. So funny. Yeah. My partner was laughing really loud, similar to, like, you with the chewing. I found myself having to laugh loud just so that, like, it wasn't just them. We were both the problem. Uh, okay. But I didn't, I didn't have to force myself too hard. It was very funny. I can definitely see why, uh, why like, fucking Ben Shapiro and his, and his, and his, dry, uh, yeah. his dry pussied wife <laughs> would hate that film. Um, yeah, because like, oh, honestly, 
Oh my god, yeah, totally. But like seriously, that that film is so it's it's woke as hell. Yeah, yeah. And it's but it's it's also like it 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 does not attack men either. People who are feeling people like there's a lot of like guys in the manosphere mm. who are feeling attacked by that film and they shouldn't. Yeah. It's more telling that yeah. they feel attacked, you know, than than yeah. any sort of content in there. Um, you know, if you see enemies everywhere that you see, you know, it's probably a you problem than um, the rest of the world problem. Absolutely. Like, yeah, totally. If, if you're feeling attacked by the Barbie movie, you are the problem. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought it was pretty good as well. I, I, I made you a fan of, like, any Ken and Barbie stuff, the the real world like Mattel board members, I was like, oh, I'm sick of fucking guys. <laughs> that <laughs> that was the it. only I... negative bit. Did you not pink up? No, I, I wore I wore the closest that I have to pink um, shirt, which was like a a highlighter red to orange sort of color. That's all I have. Okay, I'm not a shirt for it. It's not exactly. I mean, I didn't buy a shirt. This is this is my partner's. This is my partner's Pussy Riot T-shirt. Yeah. Which and, I um, might steal for, for the people who are audio only. Um, you've dyed your hair. Did we say you dyed your hair? Oh yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. know if we said it out loud. Yeah, I have dyed my hair. I have also yeah. shaved my beard. Um, mm. and because my beard like naturally grows in different colors, the mustache portion of my beard is mostly blonde. So right now I look like kind of like the the gay secret agent from Archer. What was his name? We need to look it up. I was gonna I was gonna say Cyril. Cyril's the other one. Um... No, he's the he's the twerp. Ray Gillette. Ray Gillette. I look like Ray Gillette. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting that like I put gay secret agent Archer and one of the first. Um, results is just a Wikipedia on the honeypot. Yeah, the episode <laughs> like, where he has to pretend to be gay. Uh, I think yeah. That is. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I thought it was just like. Oh yeah, no, it is an Archie Wiki. Like a, I thought it was season, just like a wiki on the. Two. Yeah. Oh yeah, I thought it was just a wiki on the the honeypot tactic. Yeah, it's a it's an early one. It's an early Archer. Yeah. I haven't watched this season at all. I need to get to it. I suppose. Uh, but yeah. But anyway, thinking, should, like... should we start talking about some uh, Star Trek? Yeah, man. Let's get let's get into it. Let's um, so, like like we were saying last week, there was uh, there is ongoing writer and art and actor strikes um, coinciding beautifully with Comic Con, and so a lot of the events that were going on uh, throughout the weekend were very much last minute scramble. To, to get stuff done, you know, uh, Star Trek had uh, events presented by, like, the head of brand development, someone from IDW, I don't even know who they, they ended up getting, but they, they just listed an IDW representative, I think there was, I think there was Jill from Accounts, I think, um, uh, I think they, I think they got, um, a security guard, uh, from the car park, um, yep. Guy with a mop pocket uh, so, was just on stage for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they had a caricaturist. Mm-hmm. 
which, you know, fair enough, have a caricaturist, support the arts, all that. But to, to, to advertise that there was a caricaturist, a single yeah. caricaturist, one person yeah. doing caricature art of people in the captain's chair. Uh, yeah. And apparently they gave they gave out a lot of pins. They did. But some of the content that was uh, showcased, some of the upcoming content uh, does look pretty good. For instance, to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Star Trek, the animated series, Casper Kelly is producing five brand new animated shorts starring none other than Jonathan Frakes, Armin Shimmerman, and Doug Jones as Riker, Quark, and Soru, respectively, all in the original animation style from the 70s. Pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, there's also Neelix. He wasn't on the initial release, but there's a Neelix one as well, so is pictures that... up at the moment. Um, Ethan? But yeah. yeah. Ethan Phillips? Ethan Phillips. Yep. I remembered yeah. a name. Woohoo. Um yeah. I I'm I'm just hoping uh, they pull in. Do you remember the I believe the YouTube channel is Gazelle Productions? Um, yeah. and they did animated um versions of uh Voyager and TNG in that style. And it would be, you know, after he's put a bit of effort in and kind of got the the animated series bandwagon rolling. Um, it would be a shame not to bring him in and do it with him. Totally, totally. Yeah. Especially after um, after uh, Across the Spider Verse ended up roping in some some fourteen year old who did Lego. Yeah, which was which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know that's that would be a very cool thing to do. Uh, a great way for someone to have their art appreciated. Mm. Um, Casper uh, Kelly, of course, being the guy that we mentioned last week who directed uh, The Trouble with Edward, the Star Trek, the short trek. Yep. And, and speaking of, course, of Archer, there you go. Uh, That's um, John, H. John Benjamin. Benjamin. Oh, yeah, it's John Benjamin. Wrong it's way round, damn it. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, so, yeah, and also directed the YouTube classic Too Many Cooks. Too many cooks. That's cooks many. with two O's. As in too many cooks in the kitchen, not mm. too many cooks watching. Uh, so yeah, it looks great. Yeah, yeah. I love. I love. For I love. It. I love vaguely creepy looking old animation. You know, I, I love stuff like that. Archer again. This is the third time we've dropped Archer. Might watch some later. Similar animation style. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's very. Um... You know, obviously, 70s or whatever had no budget for animation. So characters just, like, stand in one position and go, like, oh, no, yep. Spock. Yep. No no transitional scenes. It'll yeah. just be, like, there'll be a bunch of people stood around, something will happen, and then it will immediately cut to them mid-run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Filmation, I believe it was, that did it. The classic mm. animation studio. They did like Scooby Doo and yeah, yeah that's where they the practice stuff. those runs. You know, the running across. <laughs> you know, it's all the same, all the same. But yeah, it it, it should be good. Looking forward to it. Um, uh, the animated series is probably the series that I've seen the very least for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But yeah, looking forward to this. 
Yeah, well, you know, we got some we got some animated uh, uh, animated series references in in the first of our two Strange New Worlds uh, mm-hmm. episode reviews, so that'll come back up again. So let's not dwell on it. Let's get let's keep the fucking ball rolling because yeah. we've got so much to get through. God damn it! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Lower decks season four. Yeah. The voyage home. Uh, we got a trailer for the next series of Lower Decks, and we got we it it looks fun. It looks fun. Lower Lower Decks, you know, it might be it's certainly up there, my favorite or second favorite of the new shows. It's great, mm-hmm. and this just looks like you know they haven't put a, a foot wrong yet, and it doesn't look like they will this time. So fantastic! Yeah. Looking forward to yeah. it. Yeah, it's it's consistent. It's consistent. Mm. You know, it aims yeah. low. It aims low, oh. and so because of that. It's consistent, I think. Yeah, you know, I think that's a bit harsh saying it aims low. Yeah. Uh, I, in fact, we, we mentioned the strikes and we're, we're talking up all this stuff. I want to say because I, I was just bigging up um, lower decks a bit heavily. Then um, we're not being paid. We're we're not being paid for this by. Um, oh yeah, we should say for neither obvious of us, reasons. Yeah, neither of us are members of the Screen Actors Guild or the Writers Guild of America. Mm. Um, so and we yeah, wouldn't take we, money to promote aren't... them, even if they no. want us to. No, we're just we're just talking about Trek. Mm-hmm. We're not promoting Trek. If anything, um, we're we're hurting. We're making it worse. Yeah, like <laughs> we are actively causing problems. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so in the new trailer, we get uh, some Romulan, Binars, Orions, and Klingons all being attacked. By a giant face-looking starship, kind of looks mm-hmm. like a backward slave one. Uh, we get some more of Talin, the Vulcan crew member who we mm-hmm. who we got teased twice in the last two seasons of, yep. of Lower Decks. Uh, we get we get some Nagus Rom mm-hmm. and Lita and Lita. Yeah, we get the uh, uh, a return of the of the macrocosm virus from Voyager. Awesome, and it looks like wonder, that episode bet... is set on Voyager as well. Yep, uh, yeah. I bet. Um, I bet we get uh, Boimler in a um, in a in a Janeway Ripley outfit. Get him in a vest, all oh, greased up with yeah, biceps. I can see that. Um, uh, we get Ransom and Shax in in Olivia Newton John outfits, mm-hmm. doing doing yoga stretches. Yeah. Nice. We get Ringworld. Do we get Ringworld? I, I might have missed that one. Yeah. Yeah, Ringworld. Cool. Yeah, we get some shots of of of, of a ship flying into uh, to a uh, you know to an Elysium a type Dyson deal. Ring. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, and we get a return of something that I hate with a fiery passion: the fucking weirdo games from that Alan Moraine. Yeah, we get that. It's great. Uh, so yeah, plenty of references, plenty of of uh, allusions to to rude jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait. And there's also um, it hints towards some of our lower deckers getting promoted. And yes. If if you want to know who gets promoted, they've already spoiled it with, um, I think, a coloring book or a sticker book or something like that. So if you want to know who gets promoted in the next season, it's already spoiled. Um, 
extra pips on people's colours. What fun. I noticed that um, Talin is a lieutenant. Is she? Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. That's probably why she stood over them with a yeah. with a clipboard, a pad, not a clipboard, a clipboard, <laughs> a clipboard, paper over. You know. <laughs> oh. um, who is it? Um, let's see if I can remember. Uh, I think uh, Rutherford, and I think it might be Boimler. I, I can't remember that. I, I, I got this. Like there is, there is. I got this spoiled for me weeks ago. Being Tendi, they they hint at they mm. hint at Tendi in the trailer. Yeah, it it got spoiled for me weeks ago, so I've already you know half forgotten really. Um, but yeah, it, it, if if you desperately want to um, see, then it, it's it's on. The news sites, it's on Trek Movie or Trek Core or something like that. Right. Um, to find out. Um we also get we get we see we go to Orion, which is cool. Mm -hmm. We've never actually been to Orion, um, which is cool. I think we did in last season or the season before a lower decks. I think we went to Orion. I think we went to some fucking like a just a random shithole planet. I think we went Was to it? like a okay. maybe maybe we did go to Orion. I can't remember. Maybe. You know, um, yeah, brain gone. But yeah, there's some sexy Orion men with mustaches. Um, yeah, looks like it's going to be a fun, uh, jam-packed uh, series. And of course, in true Lower Decks tradition, this being the fourth series, the, the poster for this series is modelled on the poster for the fourth Star Trek movie, uh, Star Trek The Voyage Home. And it looks great. It's good they didn't style them off the Kelvin Universe ones because no. they would have been waiting a long time for the version of a fourth yes, movie absolutely. poster. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the poster for this season would just be like coming soon. Yeah. Question, Question mark. mark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, looks great. I'm I'm excited. Uh, mm. It's my probably my least favorite movie poster of all of them. It's okay. too busy. Yeah. It's too busy, you know. Yeah. Well, that it's got the it's got the San Fran Bridge and it crashed. The Golden in there, Gate hasn't Bridge, it? yes, the uh, Suicide yeah. Bridge. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, I don't think the storm and stuff like that is the interesting part of that movie. It's the it's the being down on ground level and in the past, really. But mm. yeah, whatever. I you know I always forget that. The reason why they're going back in time. Like, I, I, I always know they're going to get whales, but I always forget <laughs> about the basically like the opening scene of the film with the probe and the storms raging all over Earth. Like, yeah, it just, it's just so superfluous. Uh, yeah, to to the shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Let's keep rolling. Anything else rolling. you want to yeah. say about Lower Decks? Nah, looking forward to it. I don't think it got a date, did it? Um, uh, it yeah, it's se septem se September. September. Is it? Okay. Oof. Yep. Very soon. It'll, it'll come around sooner than you think. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We were also treated 
to a pre uh, like a five minute scene, like loads, loads, uh, five minute scene from uh, the next series of Star Trek Discovery, uh, featuring uh, first appearances that we've that we've all got to see of uh, new characters, Mole and Laak, played by Eve Harlow and Elias. To Fexus. To Fexus. Okay. To Fexus? Sure. Why not? It looks French. Looks to Fexus-y. maybe. I don't okay. know. I hope. Like, I'm probably butchering his name. I'm definitely yeah. butchering his name. Elias to Fexus. Uh, mm. Playing Laak and Eve Harlow playing Moll. Uh, having, a, having a cheeky little, having a cheeky little uh, Mexican standoff. Yeah. With 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 uh, Michael Burnham, uh, closely mm. followed by like a pretty fucking intense like starship warp surf scene. Yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm waiting for the um, the particular type of nerd to be angry with that, despite us already seeing people, you know, in a warp bubble outside of a ship she should, already. She should be spaghettified. Yeah. She should be spaghettified. Nah, man. But, but what was it? Programmable matter? She's got programmable matter suit. She's got magic. It's fine. Even even without that, there was an episode of Enterprise where Trip had to yeah. move between ships at warp. Um, yeah, and he just, loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Great episode. <laughs> it was a great, it's a great scene. It's yeah. a great scene. I love the bit where he like stops halfway and he's just like, mm. this is amazing. This is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's great because, like, you see, um, you know, uh, Michael Burnham doing that thing that she occasionally does when she's when she kind of she's she's just started doing something insane. Mm. And she, like, realizes that she's doing something insane and just starts, like, howling. Yeah. Just starts, like, woohooing because mm. she's like, yeah. this is fucking nuts. I'm great. I think I think it felt like a, a different tone with that sort of thing and some of the dialogue she has. I haven't I haven't watched it again since um whenever this came out, Saturday, Sunday. So it's already forgotten in my brain. But yeah, mm. that it seemed like a, a a different tone for Discovery than the last couple of seasons. And um you know, occasionally they trick us like that every year. <laughs> for the last four well, years they've been like, it's a different tone. Um, well, but we'll see. It, I mean, it makes sense, man. Like you know, Star Trek Discovery is set in a in a vaguely sort of post-apocalyptic time. Mm. You know, it's it's perfectly appropriate for them to be a little bit cowboyish. You mm. know. Um, but yes, yeah, so but, but um, not just the cowboy nature. They're having like having fun as well, mm. and and you know the dialogue is less um, stilted, sad, emotional. Um, just in the five minutes that we saw and five minutes, you know, of one episode doesn't mean that the whole series is going to be like that. But, you know, it's it would be a nice change for Discovery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so as the scene goes on, we get a, a, a vocal cameo of Callum Keith Rennie uh, as Captain Rayner, who's mm. the sort of half Vulcany looking uh, type person. Yep. That we see, he's he's our antagonist from the season because every yeah. every season of Discovery has had like a captain um, or an admiral 
or the president of the Federation, who is like anti-Burnham until they just get one around or something like that. And I think he's our, our version of that this year. Well, is he going to be anti-Burnham until Burnham wins them over? Or are they mm. going to work together until he has a heel turn and goes yeah. bad? It's got to be one of Quite the two. Possibly, yeah. It would be a nice change. Or maybe change. he's misguided. Mm. Maybe. Possibly. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot Anything of fun. for a change. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Last season. Uh, really good, like... The special effects in that scene look fantastic as well. Well, if I double uh, the amount of time to do it, you know, than yeah. than every other um, series that's get put out at the moment. Yeah. Every other series and, gets a year to do stuff, and Discovery's had yeah, to. Yeah, they've got plenty of time, plenty mm. of time, and also, uh, you know, this is the what the fourth time we've seen someone getting sucked off into space. In, in, in not recent just, months. I, I'm going to make that pause longer. The sucked off. Into space. Um, yeah. 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 So, they've nailed it. Mm. All so. space jumps. They know how to do them now. Set in yeah, the volume. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, looking forward to that when it comes out one day. Yeah, next year at some point, I guess. Yeah, probably gonna get delayed again. What with all the, uh, with what with all the everything. Yeah, they'll need to space out their content because there won't be any mm-hmm. uh, strange new worlds next year, probably. No, probably not. Mm. Oh well, pay them. Yeah. Stop trying to steal everyone's faces. Mm. And uh, and and like AI can't write for shit. No. Now, you just need to watch Secret Invasion to see how AI writes. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no, there's no yeah, way man. a human went through that and thought it would be good. Nope. Um, yeah, overall, the Comic-Con, like, they, they showed us some good stuff. Uh, but the, the last big thing that they, that they showed at Comic-Con, in Hall H, on a big screen, they showed uh, what was going to be, you know, a special early screening of the Strange New Worlds Lower Decks crossover episode, those old scientists, and we were and we were good and bitter about it last week, weren't we? That they mm-hmm. were going to get it early, and mm-hmm. um, then they just decided to release it early everywhere. We got it, yeah. And then we hadn't planned enough time between us to talk about it. No, we didn't have time. We didn't have time yeah. to to record an extra episode. That's why today you're getting a twofer. Yeah, um, in a long What, like, why? Why, though? I have a hypothesis as to mm. why. So, obviously, without without any of the stars, without any of the writers or anything, um, there, was no, there was no one there. There was no creatives. There was no performers. So, they were just scrambling to, to find stuff to fill, to fill slots. I reckon... The reason why they then released the episode is because what what happens normally with uh, with with these early screenings of like scenes and stuff, right? Someone spoils exactly. the shit unless, out of it. Unless, unless 
people sign an NDA before they go in, which which has been known to happen at, at, at Comic Con. Uh, you know, someone get they get an early preview scene, a, a Marvel movie or a DC movie. People sign an NDA. They go out. They 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 don't, or they get their phones put in lockers or whatever. People people talk about the stuff that they see, but but like you know, you only ever get like grainy photos off to one side kind of thing. Yeah, I don't think hmm. they did that. Yeah, I, I I reckon this was all put together so quickly, so last minute that no one thought, "Oh fuck, mm. we, we need to we need to sort out NDAs so that people don't just fucking spoil everything that they see." Yeah, I, I think you can NDA on the door for all H though, Hall H. I don't um, think they did, but well, that's what I'm saying. No, I don't think yeah. they did. I I just think they didn't want everyone's first experience of it to be. Oh, this is the worst. You know, this is offered a, a stupid fucking angle, grainy. There are people moving and whooping and shit like that, and mm-hmm. you can't hear what's happening. You know, it ruins. I suppose there's there's still an atmosphere of being in Hall H. Um, yeah. It's not nothing. Yeah, yeah. I preferred watching it at home in the middle of the night, getting up to watch it. Yeah. Eesh. Um. But yeah, it, it it was it was nice to nice to see it done because we I, I would have very been very disappointed if I got most of this spoiled for me, or you know mm-hmm. the the jokes and the references and stuff like that. I don't think there's much in the story that can be spoiled. It's not no. like it's not like there's an end cameo of um, William Shatner or something like that. No. <laughs> To spoil and like to be honest, the story is isn't you know much that, that this that can be like the non-spoilers bit. Like the story isn't much, but it is mm-hmm. a it's a lot of fun, and the, the yeah. fun would have been ruined if any, if any of the gags would have leaked. Uh, but, yeah, uh, the, the story yeah. just seems there to be like right. We need our characters to tour around um, yeah. the the Enterprise, so Boimler has to meet these people, and then these people, and then these people. And then uh, Mariner needs to meet these people and these people. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, story's not much. Um, considering the episode, by the way, was and is now the second highest rated episode of Trek ever, but it was the first highest rated episode of Star Trek ever. ever? I don't, yeah. I don't think it deserved that. And it's only beaten by one episode now. Can you guess the top episode rated? The new episode? No, the, that's that's in second place now. What what's above it? In the pale moonlight. No, but um, would appear on the same sort of lists as um, uh, you know people's favorite episodes. City on the edge of forever. No, you've you've you're not even haven't hit the right series yet. Do you want it told? What is it? It's uh, the inner light. Um, Picard Picard dreams that he's an old man and gets a flute. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad episode. It's not... It's not a bad episode. It's a good episode. I wouldn't say. Mm. I mean, I don't know. You're. I don't know. I always think that like the higher rated episodes of Star Trek should be a bit more. Uh, 
starshipy. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's well, it's not starshipy at all, is it? It's it's book no. book ended by we're on the Enterprise. Oh, Picard falls over, and Picard wakes up. He's on the Enterprise again. Um. Yeah, it's not even ensemble or anything like that. It's it feels very much like a cheap episode week, doesn't it? Yeah, you know. all guest stars, all all um, all extras. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Filmed on two sets. Yeah, but I, okay. I I don't think I don't think um, this episode warrants being the second best highest rated episode ever. Thing. Fun though, I had. It's it's yeah. the best episode that I've seen for a long time, but it's uh, it's not that good, really. No, no, it was just it was a lot of fun. It was more like a um, a special episode, mm. you know. Yeah, it's the kind of thing that like uh, that that you wouldn't be surprised to for them to release out of season. Yeah, you know, like if it if if the story was a lot stronger. A lot stronger. This could have made a movie. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. I I think people would have turned up at the cinema for this um, if it had a story. If 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 it if had only. a story, but it but it doesn't have a story. Yeah. No, it had gags. It had gags. Um, it, should we get into Should we get into the gags? You know. Would well, well, you want me to do the very quick run through? Um, yeah. I've got uh, just both before you them. do the run through, I guess. Um, Comic-Con was a fucking shambles, but by yeah. all accounts, with the lack of movie stuff going on, it was a lot, The probably the most comic booky Comic-Con mm. uh, that, that there's been in a while. And also, uh, a cosplayer from the UK won uh, the, 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 mo- the best humorous cosplay award at the Comic-Con. She was dressed like Badgie. Ah, cool. I'll I'll try and uh, put an image of that in um, if I find it this evening. Good job. Um, cool. And what's what's good as well is considering they pulled out Star Trek animation to be like fill the gap. Mm. I'm pretty sure we've done a story in the past of at least the lower decks animation crew being unionized. So it's not like they're punishing or like pulling people out who aren't in the union and being like, no, you'll do this for us. You need to fill the gap because you're not union. These guys are union as well. They're just in a different union. Hmm. Um, So, yeah. Um, Description of the episode. The lower deckers of the Cerritos are examining a time portal which accidentally activates. Boimler gets sucked into the past of Strange New Worlds. The Enterprise crew knows that Boimler is from the future and starts working to get him back to the future while Boimler avoids impacting the past. When an Orion ship arrives, Boimler convinces Pike that they are scientists rather than pirates because he knows Tendi's grandmother is on board and that's what Tendi told him. Uh, The Orions steal the time portal so Boimler helps the Enterprise track it down and trade supplies to get it back. Boimler is about to head back through the time portal when Mariner arrives, trying to save him, using up the last of its power supply. They're looking for some more of the power supply material when Mariner realizes that an old part of the NX would power the time portal, and it just so happens there's part of that ship on board the current Enterprise. They use that, um, and they trade the supplies back with the Orions on the proviso that the Orions get to say they discovered it, Boimler and Mara go back into their time and Strange New World crew have a birthday party for Pike. Uh, 
trying to do that quickly. Yeah. Yeah. That all happened. That all happened. And I was trying to cut that down because it's barely story, but I still had to hit it all because I couldn't cut out the tendy stuff and the grandmother stuff. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, it was was a great example of and then being done right this episode. Mm. This happens and then this happens and then. Rather than this happens and so this happens Mm. or this happens because this thing happened. Most of the episode is just and then this happens. Mm. And then this happens. And then um, this. And then but this. like you know, it was this. You know, this episode. I don't think it was trying to be highbrow no. in any way. This was this was novel. You know, it was it was grade A novelty. Yeah, and I, I do think um, maybe you think the same that the tone was balanced pretty well between the strange new worlds. Um, normal to comedy tone and the low decks mm-hmm. tone, which is is obviously more comedy and animated and whatever. Uh, I thought it was a good midpoint um, between it for the episode. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I don't think you could fit a story in it. Um, like one of my complaints later in the episode, I'm just like, um, I'll, I'll say it now, fuck it, um, that Rutherford and Tendy should be in there as well in live action. But at the same time, if you travel them to the past, you're very tight on story. Like you're yes. you're very tight on time. You can't have them all meet someone individually. Um, I know, but like we didn't see them through the portal. Like we could have at least like looked through the portal and they could have been there. Yeah. You know? Or, or I, I've I've said already to other people, but you talk about Tendy's grandmother being there. Why wouldn't you play her by Noah Wells at least and have have her play her grandmother because then it doesn't matter yeah. if she looks identical to the to the um animated tendy because that's how you do that that's how you do that in film and tv you have the ancestors played by the same person fuck knows we do in star trek otherwise we wouldn't have you know um, brent spiner lining yeah. up for every role in star trek absolutely yeah uh there was know. some there were some like there were some great gags Mm-hmm. There were some great gags. Like, what was what were some of your favorite little gags? Um, I liked the weirded out Spock smile. I thought that was quite funny, where you just hear uh, the heartbeat and the, like the white noise when he's looking at Spock, and it's just like the camera's focused on the mouth and only the mouth. Mm, um, yeah, being confused like Boiler's by it. world is just shattering. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, liked, I liked the I liked Riker. Sorry. The Riker, Riker, which yeah, is when, apparently when improv'd. Hops. Yeah, well, there was a lot of improv. There was a lot of mm. improv on 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 Jack Quaid and Tony Newsom's part. Jack Quaid and Tony Newsom, mm. Boimler and uh, what's Mariner. his fucking name? Mariner, Mariner. respectively. I have said mm. that like four times today, respectively. Yeah. Respect. I've had to list off a lot of people very quickly. Um, yeah, but yeah, there was apparently a lot of uh, a, you know, there's a lot of improv on their part. They they obviously come from an imp- improv backgrounds, uh, which yeah. is which is weird considering Jack Quaid is Dennis Quaid's son and Randy uh, Quaid's nephew. Yeah, uh, that like he he got into improv comedy. Yeah, when he's such a, a 
tall guy as well. He should be an action star. So tall. If, if he had more meat on his bones, I think he'd be an action star. Yeah, he's so tall. Yeah. Speaking uh, about um, the um, uh, Tony Newsom and, uh, you know, improving, did you hear as well it was announced that she's writing on Star Trek Academy, the show that probably won't come out? Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that probably won't come out. Yeah, <laughs> but it's cool yeah. that she's writing on it. He's great. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, or she, does she would podcast. be writing if it, if she wasn't on strike. Does she still do? I haven't listened to it, but she used to do a great pro- podcast called "Yo, Is This Racist?" That was that was that was a good podcast. I don't know if she still does it. I hope so because racism is still around, and people need people to point at it and go, "Yo, is this racist?" Yeah. Um. The Dom Jot, if, if we're doing <laughs> things that we found funny still, you know, what's Dom Jot? Yeah. Oh, it's a game that Norskans like playing that, you know, and betting on, but they're terrible at, which... Yeah, they're yeah. always, yeah. They are always losing it and getting into brawls because of it. Yeah. Um, I'd love that, like, when they translate the, the time portals, Norsican, mm. it literally just translates to, this is a time portal. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. A lot of the comedy, I feel like, is it's consistent. Like you say, it's consistent with Strange New... Like, the the Strange New World people are doing Strange New Worlds, like, you know, reactions. Mm. But a lot of the comedy is is very Lower Decks-level comedy. Yeah. And I think it definitely helps that, like, because you've obviously got the the same actors that play those characters on Lower Decks, they Mm. feel so consistent... There isn't a second where I was I was that taken out of uh, out of the episode yeah. by by Jack Quaid or 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 by but I should just say Boimler and Mariner like they yeah. felt very consistent in their characters yeah. and you know letting them improv probably helped a lot with that you know letting letting Mariner just have like a little aside going uh, are we going to talk about how weirdly hot spock is like what's going on there why 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 does he look absolutely fucking poured into his uniform like uh having having mariner like having boimler go onto a shuttle and mariner being sat there with her feet up on Mm. the console just chilling waiting for him yeah very Very... like the the when you're saying the feet up, the physical acting was very on point for the animation as well. Mm. And obviously you can't do animation where you've got no bones. But yeah. um, Boimless standing there like this, you know, like he does in the um, lower decks. And as you say, with Mariner and her feet up and stuff like that, we see um, Boimler do a kind of animated run down the corridor where he's like... Yep. Um, yeah, so I, I thought, you know... It's all it's all in line with who those characters are, which is very easily lost. Um, and I think one of the writers on this was a lower decks person. So, yeah, good. Mm. Uh, and of course, you know the writers were lower decks people. The lower decks people were doing improv. Uh, mm-hmm. The director of this episode, yeah, was fucking Jonathan Frakes. I tell you what, there are some, there are some great, fr- like really well framed shots in this yeah. in this episode. There is mm. some great. There's a lot of great symmetry. 
There's a lot of great, like, interesting uses of camera angles. Um, classic, mm. like, just, you know, that's that's Jonathan Frakes's, um directorial style, which is just, like, on the day going, hey, you know what would look great? Yeah. Because if we shot it from from down, down here looking up and we show the explosion over there like that, can we do that? Yeah. Let's do it. You know, yeah. let's frame it like that. He, he Compared framed, you know, to as well, we, we aren't on to the next episode, obviously, but this, this I rewatched them both today, back to back, and um, this next episode that we'll talk about after this, um, directing-wise, it's just not there. Like, the cinematography yeah. of it is is nothing, really. And it's, you know, they, they've well, obviously poured money into this episode because it's the big yeah. episode this season that we've all been looking forward to. But mm. yeah, it's a shame we can't have freaks consistently. And yeah. this makes him, um, because there was Lower Decks animated part stuff on there as well. And I don't know if you he actually directed it, you know, directed it. Um, but if you count Lower Decks, that means he's done TNG, Voyager, DS9, um, Lower Decks, Strange New Worlds, Discovery. So he's done everything except for he's Prodigy since, um, since he came on board, really. Yeah, mate, he's a, yeah, he's a, the man, gold star, star, gold star, star Trek director. Yeah. He's, yeah. um, he's well worth the money as well. Why they can't get him all the time. Oh, and Picard, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what about the actual story? What, what about the story? Like, not, not just, I don't mean the, the Boimler coming into the past. Like that's, that's just, that's just the farce that we get. Hmm. Uh, but we do touch on, you know, some stuff with Spock and we touch on some stuff with Pike. Pike was great in this episode as well. Having, yeah. you know, having, having Boimler and Mariner being brought to Pike's uh, mm -hmm. quarters where he's like cooking food. It's like, like they're being brought to the principal's office. Yeah. And he's, you know, like we need to have a, you know, let's, let's have a, let's have a talk. He's like, you know, if they were kids, He'd be getting down on one knee to to meet their eye level to to have a conversation with them, kind of thing. Yeah, um, and he's act actually puts them after that. He says he's going to restrict them to quarters, which he didn't do the week before when Ahura um, was going mad and you know potentially going to blow up the ship. But you know these guys, he's like, no, you're restricted to quarters. <laughs> yeah, because they're children, and he's sending yeah. them to their room. Ahura's an adult. Yeah, he he um, says but, something so like. Have... Um, it's like stopping a toddler knocking over all the furniture, which... It is, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, so we've got, you know, Pike... Pike's having a bit of a... bit of an existential crisis because he's... he's in... And this is what... Ha this is... This happened in Star Trek Beyond as well. Mm. Where Pike has... It's going to be his birthday and he is a year older than his dad was mm. before his dad died. That, that was that's from Star Trek Beyond. Yeah, it's it's a heavy trope that gets used everywhere, isn't it? Really, um, but yeah, was from was from Beyond, and you know, pouring a drink out um, or drinking um, whiskey or whatever during that conversation. Same, exactly the same. Yeah, uh, we um, also get Spock um, having he's he's doing experiments with emotion. Or what what was it? He's do, he's he's experimenting. Um, with doing emotions. Yeah. So he, he's... And it, it's played very well, I think, where 
you know, there's this scene in the turbo lift with Chapel and um, Boimler where Boimler's saying, you know, I think I broke Spock, my presence here. <laughs> my one joke I told in front of him broke him. Um, and oh, because I'm he's got so future funny. knowledge. Yeah. Because I'm so funny. And he, he's obviously got future knowledge of what Spock is to everyone in the future. And, you know, mm. um, Cha- Chapel is the instigator of that relationship and that change in Spock and knows that, you know, if if he she's not remembered for being with Spock, then it's not going to work out, is it? <laughs> really? Yeah. So it's yeah, quite Boimler... a, a sad, poignant scene, really. Yeah. Boimler for, for you know, for all of his, you know, trying not to affect the timeline. He does let the fact that Spock has an important future slip once or twice. Mm. But what I think is cool in that is that, like, no one at all seems surprised by that. Everyone's like, you know, kind of, you know, everyone's just kind of like, yeah, we kind of figured that. Like, Mm. have you met him? Have you seen him? Yeah. He's... He's Gregory Peck's grandson. <laughs> of course, um, he's important to this universe. <laughs> like, yeah, but like you know, everyone's just like, yeah, that like, yeah, we've we've worked with Spock. We all know he's destined for great things. Mm. Um, and, and Pike uh, certainly does because he had that trip into the future at the end of last season, and it was like, if if Spock dies, then you know, um, a lot of shit's going to happen in the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he also, you know, he, you know, he lets Mariner and Boimler know that that you know Pike Pike is fully aware of his own personal mm. future. Um, yeah, you know, I, which... I thought there was a, a well done scene with him and Una, the the one where he says he, he's like guarding toddlers knocking over furniture, and he says, you know, them being so happy to see me makes my future feel not so grim, considering he knows he's destined to be in a beepy chair, and mm-hmm. none of them are like ooh. Hi, Pike, BP chairman. They're all, you know, enthusiastic to see him. Um, mm-hmm. And and they have that... Because there was a meme going around before this episode came out that was um, something like, we're going to tell you all about the BP chair. It's like, I know all about the BP chair. <laughs> um, yeah, I know, I know and they pretty much the did chair. straight up yeah. that meme. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, speaking of Una, we get like, you know, a few gags where like people are like averting her gaze. Um, mm. But it's, you know, she thinks that it's for a bad reason. We find out it's because she's like the recruitment mascot. She's like Rosie the Riveter uh, in space, you know? Yeah. Which uh, makes her, you know, somewhat immune to um, bulletproof for the next while. Yeah. Yeah, ad astra per aspira. And she's like, you know, she kind of tears up when, when they say that to her. She's like, they put that on the poster? Like, mm. Yeah, it's nice. Um, yeah. We also get some great interactions with uh, with Mariner and Uhura. Mm. And some quite poignant, you know, I think, I think a good sort of metaphor for, um, for, for the, the, the actor who plays Uhura. Talking about like you know yeah. this idea of of filling you know not not you know not wanting to fail at filling the shoes that is Uhura and obviously she is the mm. third actress now to play Uhura but she's you know she's obviously talking about mm. like you know Nichelle Nichols and and you know there's big boots to fill 
Yeah. You know, what if she's what if she's not good enough? Um, mm. And she's, but you know, Mariner sort of tells her, you've just got to kind of do it your own way, and and all will be well. Mm. I think that works kind of out of universe. I don't think it works as good in universe. So the the same with Mariner is buzzing off seeing her, and out of universe that can be um, because Tony Newsom, you know, grew up with Ahura and black woman in a position of um, authority in a science fiction show rather than just being you know the whatever, um, and that works out of universe why there's such reverence for her. But in universe where she's saying, oh, and Uhura knows how to have fun and stuff like that. I'm like, does she though? Okay. She sang once She knows how twice. to have trauma. Yeah. She knows how to have trauma and language. Yeah. She forgot all her memories once, you know. Uhura's not going to remember any of this <laughs> because she forgets all her fucking memories. Uh, <laughs> totally. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it works much better out of universe for, for those sorts of reasons. The um, Celia Rose Gooding stepping into, um, you know, the Ahura shoes um, and knowing that she has this character to fulfill um, and Tony Newsom liking Ahura for whatever reason. I don't think it works in universe. I didn't mind. Yeah. Um, what else? What else did we get? There was a lot. There was there was a whole lot. Um, what? Let let's somewhat sandwich it rather than leave me um, saying the things I didn't like on the episode until the very end. Um, Laan, are are you saying Boimler arrives and there's a Khan in front of him and he doesn't mention anything about Khan? He's on the Enterprise and there's a car in front of him and doesn't mention anything. Okay, fine. I get it. I would completely cut the conversation with Pelia and have something Khan-based. Um, mm -hmm. We have an animated version of the Enterprise crew at the end when they're drinking um, oh, yeah. Orion drinks. Um, yeah. Pike's hair is far too small in that. No, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's ridiculous. Like, I know. We, we both know. We're just like, what the heck? Yeah, Do you have a haircut as well? Small. Fuck that. And it's stupid because there's a comic book version of Pike's hair um, that is like Pike's massive floppy hair. And it's like, just do that. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Yeah, no, um, I liked how like, you know, everyone's everyone's getting off their tits and they the reason why they're two-dimensional is because they're kind of tripping. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to think of all like the TV shows in the past that have done like a, oh, we've moved into uh, 2D or 2D moving into 3D. And beyond like The Simpsons, Homer went 3D for an episode. Farscape, they went 2D for an episode. You know. Community. Community, yeah, would have. Um, they know they also did play puppets. A... I wonder if yeah. we get a puppets episode of Strange New World. I did. I did um, make a note in my episodes. I want to see of puppets <laughs> after this, just on the same track of you know what other comedy episodes can they do? Whatever, like whatever. Oh, puppets that would work. Um, mm -hmm. How do you explain them being felt in universe? Doesn't matter. Um, yeah, but it, it's 
It's an interesting thing, I think, where they just went, oh, no, you seem realistic. Yeah, I like that. You know, and then at the end, that that drinking, as we were saying, where it's like, do my arms normally move like this? <laughs> With my no eyes bones? are so big. Yeah. Yeah. Very good, I yeah. thought. Very good. That uh, bit. I, li- I liked, uh, like, just one gag I liked is is when they... they... They're looking at his comm badge and they're like, yeah, his badge. It's also a communicator. Mm. And Pike's like, what? But flicking it opens the best part. Yeah. It's like, totally. That's why they've brought back the communicator for like Picard. Like Rafi uses a communicator. Yeah. And like I listened to a clip of the Rafi and Seven audiobook, which has the the actors doing the voices. Okay. And, and you can hear her using it. Flipping. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So someone pointed out, and it might have been um, the what culture guy Scott um, said. Pike's already seen a com badge that's like this because Discovery Section Thirty One had them, and he saw Uh, them. Yeah. I think it's fair enough. Una hadn't seen one. Una's the one that's showing him. He's not saying, "Oh, I've never seen one of them before." (laughs) You know. It's He's fine. just saying, like, fucking shit. As if they take off. Yeah. As if, th- who'd have thought that would take off? Mm. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Um, um, the animated uh, intro, oh, absolutely yeah. fantastic. Um, you know, go the check out. Our, go go check out the comparison video that that Mike did. Uh, yeah. I also put that up on on TikTok as well. In fact, Ooh. because I lost my second the the phone that I do for podcast stuff, mm. I keep forgetting I need to like because I need to jump between. Shut up! Do you believe UFOs? Oh my god! I want to believe. So when you when you turn when you when you open TikTok, it just starts playing. And obviously, the past few days, I've just been watching stuff from the fucking congressional hearing on on uap disclosure and it Mm. is just whatever you know boring balls yeah it's it's not interesting but i mean it is interesting but it's also like kind of nothing well they're not gonna say they found a fucking alien well that's the thing because it's not government officials it's a guy who used to work in the three guys who used to work for the government all coming forward saying this has happened, this has happened, this has happened. I have information that I can't talk about in this setting, but we all need to organize a private setting so I can give you this information. He's like, he's pointing at papers that he's got where he's just like, mm. you know, people are asking questions and he's like, I can't discuss it here, but it is literally on this piece of paper. Yeah. Uh, so it, it is just... So he's a Bob Lazar uh, wannabe, you know. No, no, this guy has a, you know, I mean, he, like Bob Lazar, has a physics degree, but uh, unlike Bob Lazar, worked in in the intelligence community, and the other two were like, you know, career pilots for the Navy and the Air Force. Okay. One of the fair, guys is the Tic Tac guy. The Tic Tac? Yeah, the pilot who filmed the Tic Tac. Okay, yeah. Cool. Um, I keep having that conversation with people, and it keeps going the same way. You know, the, he, he saw the Tic Tac. He the saw Tic Tacs. Yeah, you know the Tic Tac. He had mints. Oh, the Tic Tac, <laughs> right. orange and green ones. Yeah, man, flying through the sky. Yeah. 
um, um, yeah, so so there's as as you say, there's a um, comparison of the normal and animated. The animated looks m- much better than the normal because you can see the ship. In my opinion, yeah, um, yeah you can see the ship, and like I think that the. the um... You know, it's it being animated. It's well animated, and it's like that mm-hmm. is really good animation, because we yeah. don't use models anymore. I just mm-hmm. think that the the opening credits for for Strange New Worlds in general is just kind of like that doesn't look real. Yeah, and it, I, I'm I'm no great lover of the opening credits of Strange New Worlds anyway, because I think, and I, I said in season one. You could put the Voyager, take out the Enterprise and put the Voyager in. It works completely fine. Uh, you know, it doesn't tell the story of what the show is. Mm. Whereas um, Star Trek Enterprise shows like the evolution. It tells a story. Um, DS9, it being set, the whole thing being on the station and focused on the station. It tells you the show is focused on the station. Um, you know, th- those those have a story idea to the Prodigy. opening. Prodigy. Um, you know, warping and then going to extra warp and it going over the 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 kids of Prodigy, you know, tells you it's it's their journey and you know it's about going fast. <laughs> you know th- and and Lower Decks as well has has a story, has Oh, the ship is falling into this singularity and manages to get out. They see the attack yeah. on the Borg cubes and they go, "Fuck this, we're out." You yeah. know, they're they're a different type of crew. Whereas Strange New Worlds, it's it could be Voyager, it could be TOS, Ooh. it could be ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at the same time, if I do up and down. Down, I thought the uniform in live action, especially uh, Boimler's, wasn't there. Like the Man. divider line was far too much down. Yeah, oh, and also like it, it looked like it had that. Um, like it looked like it bunched up. Like if you sat down, it would it would like bunch up. You know. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, yeah. It wasn't as neatly tailored. No, and you know they do very small bits on it like the bottom of his boots have the insignia like we've seen in in animation little but, red yeah. little red detailing on the boots nice yeah but it's it's just a shame i think the cut of it was just off um mm. so yeah mm, whatever um my my biggest my biggest complaint of the episode and i definitely i definitely had this straight away was they they set up the nx very early on when it's still animated and like oh it's you know it's made by you know this material and the nx ship had this and then they say oh we're looking for this material and there's nowhere to get it and i'm just like they're going to the nx you know because we are we already heard early in this season that um you know where they're like oh my god that's a crossfield class and it's like the discovery saucer on some weird nacelles that was originally going to be an nx and then they went, no, we'll change it. And I was like, maybe they changed it so this would have the reveal and it would be like, yes. But it's just not. And they should have. Nope. I understand that you don't want to build the set of inside the the NX because that's a lot to build. It's a lot of bells and whistles and shit like that. 
but just have it animated um, and, you know, have them tractor off a piece of the hull and just run with it. You know, you could do that. Such a fucking shame that they're just like, oh no, every every ship has a piece of the last ship. Blech. Cool. But I mean, that's that's a fun scene, like when, when they're finding that and you see um, Uhura and Ortegas nerding out over the crew of the NX-01 talking about Mayweather and uh, and and Sato. Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, no, do we sound like those guys nerding out over us? And it's like, yeah, you do, because Starfleet is full of nerds. They're all such nerds. Hmm. Um, uh, one last thing I mentioned earlier in the, in the uh, when we were talking about TOS, um, we got a, a name drop, like, uh, Mariner's like, do we want to... Can I mention Spock's Salat? Yeah, his his pet from from when he went back in time and and, yeah. and pretended to be his own cousin. Mm. Um, yeah, further canonizing the events of the animated yes. series. Yeah, very cool, very cool. If Spock's Salat is real, then so is Satan. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and so's bigger Spock, although we've already seen bigger it, his, Spock, yeah, man. his um, skeleton in lower decks, I suppose. So he's already canonized. And Kukulkan. Yeah. Kukulkan. Kukulkan. Um, yeah. No, um, did we did we have anything else on it? If you were saying you were coming to an end. Yeah, no. I mean, just overall, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Did, did you have any messages for the episode at all? Um... Sometimes they say don't ever meet your heroes, but sometimes meeting your heroes is fine. Hmm. I I can't yeah. decide for a message. Okay, I, I had one on a, a similar track where um, people uh, can be more than you think they would be, mm-hmm. which is kind of like. So the the two messages I got I thought were felt fairly strongly because each story picks one of them. So the Orions being scientists, where Pike is like, are there Orion scientists? So they're they're more than they think. Whereas Boimler and Mariner have this whole thing where they're meeting crew, and it's like, oh no, Spock is Spock had emotion as well. He wasn't just an emotionless whatever. Um, and you know, Pelia is saying Pelia has a scene where she's like, you know, people aren't heroes. People just pretend to be heroes until they, you know, get told they're heroic or whatever gets passed on that they were heroes yeah so I, I had that as a message and i had enjoy the downtime while you have it which was Ahura and mariner and yeah. pike having a birthday party. i know that fucking feeling yeah yeah so i i, I had those two as messages um of the episode but yeah it thoroughly enjoyed it um i i don't think we need one of these every year please <laughs> people. <laughs> I mean, if we yeah. do another, if we do another crossover, let's do, let's do, uh, let's do a prodigy crossover. You know, let's. Yeah. If we're gonna, if we're gonna, if we're not gonna get any more prodigy, please bring the prodigy cast if you can afford it. You know. When's it set? So you could have. It's set too much in the future for Lower Decks. But, I mean, they could, we could bring them in. Oh, maybe. 
It's yeah, it's, yeah. It's, no, it's, it's ahead of lower decks, isn't it? It's it's yeah, it's further in it's the like, future than lower decks. It's like 10, 15 years ahead of lower decks. I think they, it could they could be in um, legacy. Like you know, well, have... is legacy gonna happen? Yeah. <sighs> that and then you have to make the um, animated characters who are non-human into live action. Um, which is is harder maybe than just making. Maybe just dull. Maybe just dull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? I could do that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, should we say that's it for um this episode, episode yeah. seven? Those old scientists. Mm-hmm. Which means we're on to episode eight, under the cloak of war. I think is it was. Yeah, man. Let me tell Although you something, right? Say, my notes have auto-corrected to under the cloak of cloak of warp, which doesn't make sense at all. So I mean, it, <laughs> I'm going to ignore that. It, maybe it maybe it knows you. Yeah, he never talks about war. He does talk about warp a lot. He's always he's always <laughs> banging on about warp bubbles. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, I will say, I I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I thought that this was this was a great episode. Mm. Um, deep dark episode. Yeah, and uh, if you liked. Two of my absolute favorite episodes of Star Trek ever. If you like the TNG episode, The Defector. Okay. And yeah. the DS9 episode, Duel. Then you will love this episode. This this is, yeah, this is a good episode. I think it's Duet rather than Duel um, is that episode name. Duet, it is. It yeah. is. Duel, what's Duel? Uh, Duel is a movie about a truck following a peep. <laughs> Someone, it is. I don't know if it's an episode. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah, no, it's Spielberg's first movie. Yeah, it's fantastic. If you haven't seen it, 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 it you know, people listening or whatever, if you haven't seen it, have a listen or have a watch of it. Because it is uh, yeah, really like... Yeah, just listen like, to it. Don't watch it. Don't listen to it. Just listen <laughs> to it. Just listen to a guy... Just... Yeah, there's barely <laughs> any words spoken, but just listen. Um, yeah. I, I also had as episodes that it's like... Uh, TNG The Wounded. Do you remember the mm. O'Brien um, remembers his yeah. time at Cardassian War? Yeah. And the Siege of AR553? Yes. Yeah. Um, from DS9, I think it is. Um, mm. I had those as my, this is what it's reminding me of, as well as uh, Duet. Yeah, all all yeah. great, like, the you know, the after, all, all great episodes that deal very much with the with the aftermath of war mm. and and you know coming to terms with the with with things that you have done and things that have been yeah. done to you um all, all How dealing you've with, cha- with you know being changed by war yeah yeah being changed by the things that you do and that happen to you and and you know something that you know in in many ways this episode maybe should have come a little bit sooner considering yeah. we're at the we're close to the end of 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 season two we did have a whole season of all these same characters who never who never alluded to any of this stuff yeah i mean imagine if they'd had this as last year's Mbenga episode and strung his daughter on for another year so we actually got to know her yeah that would have made a whole lot more sense or whatever um, you know, where you feel a loss of his daughter rather than being like, thank fuck we don't have to hear that story again. <laughs> and it makes, yeah. it would make more sense in the, the timeline of it all. 
But I, I think as well as, you know, it having the same sort of topic as those episodes that we mentioned, it's also like a tour de force of like acting wise. Um, Babs, um, Mate, I can never, I can never remember his last name. Out of the park. Yeah. Knocked it out, man. Fuck Incredible me. in it. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought the guy playing the Klingon as well, who I haven't looked up the name for, was, was quite good at um, transitioning between this affable guy to, you know, um, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Um, I, I thought that was pretty good as well. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I really like this episode. And obviously, it's such a it's such a tone shift from the last yeah. and the yeah, next because I mean, we know what the season... next is. Yeah, oh, and we know what the we know what next week's episode is. Yeah, but also for the most part, this season we've only really had like a couple of like really serious episodes, and like even then they weren't really serious so much as they were like, whoa, what's going on? Yeah. Um, you know, we had Uhura dealing with, with her trauma, you know, mm-hmm. we had Pike losing his memory and breaking rocks and we had, um, we had Spock doing stuff. Doing um, something. But the, yeah. Yeah. In the first they, episode, they, but like for the most they, part. They all felt was... very much like TOS stakes where, mm-hmm. you know, maybe... Maybe a crew member isn't, you know, she's going to be locked up rather than released and able to be in Starfleet. But it's very confi- confined stakes. Whereas this one, it is like, there was a war. You get to see a war. Um, yeah. There were, there were impacts to that. There's that blood. Felt... There is so much gore in this episode. It's great. Yeah. There are throats slit. There are guts spilling out of people. Fucking air guitar on that shit. Yeah. Like re- real fantastic, real fantastic. I thought it was, yeah. And it and it helps fill fill in as well, considering it's about. I don't think it's spoilers, but it's it, you know somewhat about the Klingon war um, that mm-hmm. Mbenga was part of, and Chapel was part of, or half that some of the crew were. Um, it fills in where Discovery went. Oh, and we're back to our own universe, and the war has has happened and is pretty much over. And you're yeah. just like, are you? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> we have travelled through dimensions and we have travelled forward in time. Yeah, and you're That's just like... That's convenient. Okay, I mean, you know, there was, another reason why you shut down uh, Axinar, the fan production, was because it was dealing with the Klingon war and the guy was stealing so a lot of money. Good. Um, so good, so good. Definitely yeah, check out Axinar. fucking wanker. Uh, yeah, he did, um, they did... For one of the he costumes, did defraud a did. load of people. Um, yeah, he frauded a load of people. He also mutilated the actual screen costume that um, uh, Chang wore in the Undiscovered Country. He he is yeah he he's ruined it for everyone as well because he was planning to make a load of money out of that production and that's what shut down a load of fan productions or made the be mm-hmm. such restrictions on it and it's like congratulations dickhead. You know, it wasn't enough defrauding people when you were making connections, selling on their um, Star Trek props and then keeping some of them for yourself. Um, yeah, fucking great. Now now if someone wants to make a fan production of their favourite franchise, they can only make a Star Wars fan production. Hmm. 
And you can't yeah. do Star Trek in Star Wars either, because the closest thing to the Federation that we have is the Empire. Yeah. Yeah, do you want me to do episode rundown then? Let's do okay. It. So this week, the Enterprise crew are tasked with transporting a ex-Klingon general turned ambassador. Many of the crew aren't happy with this as they were on the front lines of the Klingon war, in particular Mbenga and Chapel, who served on the same moon as this Klingon, Ambassador Ra. On the battlefront, Ra supposedly... Ra, Ra, Rasputin. Ra supposedly <laughs> earned his name the Butcher of Jagal because he not only killed women and children, but his own men to cover his retreat. Throughout the episode, we skip between mm -hmm. Mbenga and Chapel's flashbacks of Jagal and the present day with them dealing with Ra as he tries to seem honestly reformed. Raal tells Mbenga that he killed his own men because of the atrocities they committed. Mbenga knows he's lying because things got so bad on the moon. Mbenga took some of his miracle drug and killed the generals on his way to kill Ra. There's a struggle. Preparation H, what's it called? It um, uh, It's 12, something 12. Preparation um, 12. Preparation 12. Um, there's a struggle and Mbenga kills Ra, but Chapel covers for him telling Pike that Ra started the fight. Well, yeah. he would what? with a name like that. He just walked up to him and was like, Ra! Yeah. Proper, like, amazing episode dealing with the horrors of, you know, war and how it affects people. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. Where, where do you yeah, want to start like on this, this one? Uh, well, I mean... I mean, I suppose, why don't we start, like, just kind of doing the the stuff during the war? Because, okay. like, you know... During do, the war? Know, okay, during Uncle the war, Albert. During the war? The war? <laughs> um, like, you know, we, we have a lot of flashbacks in this episode. Mm. You know, and it is, like, real nitty-gritty, like, nasty, bad shit. And it's, you know, it doesn't feel like like small scale, you know, obviously we've got, you know, the, all those scenes are filmed in the volume. So there's, there's a lot of stuff happening in the background, but it does feel like an actual war zone. You know, there are just random cannons firing off in the distance all the time. There's constantly, you know, injured people being brought into triage. You know, it's, um, it, it you know, it feels like it is set in a war zone. It doesn't feel like, like the, um, the, the what was that episode you mentioned uh the wounded ar 553 um duet um the, yeah ar 553 right yeah, yeah so yeah. like like that episode obviously just because of the limitations of production like it feels like it's it's a set if it, everything yeah it, it it's feels set in like the cave they already had made <laughs> yeah it feels like everything is occurring within you know 50 feet of where they're standing yeah but you know there's there's a lot of scale there's a big scale to this episode mm. um and it is certainly it's when you when fucking... you come in or chapel's coming in and you see you know the moon just being like old shit fucking just fired like, upon sh fucking shit is going down man fucking yeah. war is hell war is hell you know? yeah you know if it's you know it's like the fucking Iwo Jima. Yeah. Um, and we, we know, do that's... a couple of those, like, movie tropey, 
you know, um, medics where they're like, no, you pump his heart manually and, you know, we'll save this man. And it's like, we'll save this man. We saved him and, you know, he says he he doesn't know why he's fighting. So the doctor has to tell him, you know, you fight for, you know, this and that. And then that guy decides to go back to war and he's like, the doctor's going, no, don't actually go. You know, <laughs> I didn't want you to actually yeah. go on a suicide mission, damn it. Um, yeah. And then he goes like, and dies that, on yeah. Yeah, that, that's, like that's, that's pretty thing, tropey, you know, you, but it, it works you for feel, it. You feel, you really feel that because, like, Mbenga saved that man. Mm. And then he gave him a an inspiring speech, which then inspired that man to go back out and fight. And then he comes back dead. Dead. And it's just yeah. like, you know, you really feel him sort of like, I saved that man to just to send him out and mm. die. Yeah. You know, you, re- you really feel uh, Mbenga sort of having to make choices mm. and then dealing with the weight of them. Like, you know, he, him and mm. Chapel, they, you know, they, they put a guy, he's got fucking, his guts are spilling out. It's yeah. fucking, oh, it's gross. It's awesome. And, mm-hmm. And uh, he he fucking they they put him in a into the transport buffer. He's like we could we could load his pattern into the buffer, you know. He like walks, his daughter, like his yeah. fucking daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's like, we'll save it for later. And then later on, they end up having to delete it. And Chapel's like, but we can't. And yeah. and Benga just like very calmly just presses mm. the button. Doesn't even say anything. He just look. He just looks at her and he's just like, boom. And obviously at this point, Chapel would have lost people, but this is Mm. someone that she learned the name and, you know, said, well, save him this way. And, you know, that's, that was her call on how to save him. And that was, as you say, her hope and the killing of her hope for for that guy and probably a lot more than that guy. But they needed to because, like, as soon as they deleted that dude... They they beamed a bunch more people in, including a bunch of kids. Yeah. You know, if they hadn't have deleted that dude, they couldn't have saved the kids. You know, it's all about, you know, the whole... Yeah. You, you, you feel the sense of, like, the reason... They're, they're dealing with the weight of their choices, but they are choices mm. that they had to make. Yeah. and it, They it's, had to make those calls. I, I think you feel it as well. There's, like... Although it starts off very um, intense it shifts up from there to where, you know, there's the incoming transport um, thing. And at the end, all you hear is incoming transport, incoming transport, incoming transport. Mm -hmm. And then just like, you can see him just like, fuck, um, sort of thing. Where at the start, there's none of that where we're we're setting the scene and we see a bit of Clint Howard um, doing another Star Trek role (laughs) because you can't keep him away. Now that um, took me out of the episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that took me out of the episode. Oh, it's this guy. Yeah, yeah it's Glenn Howard. Um, yeah, mercifully, he's not in it much after that. <laughs> he's just there for a day to be like, ah, I'm Glenn Howard, you know, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do feel like you feel the escalation and it helps explain a bit more of this. Um, I, I Protocol 12, not Preparation 12. I've got it noted. Um, preparation H. The ooze. Preparation H. Um, Turns you into a ninja turtle. Venom. Um, yeah. Where Mbenga developed it. 
he's got the most hand-to-hand kills of any person. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> so, like, yeah, we get the ghost. Yeah. The ghost. We need the ghost. Um, like, what the hell? <laughs> I suppose, you know, if he if he's the one, you know, constantly taking Preparation H, then, yeah, he probably does have more hand-to-hand kills because he's just, like, going in there silently killing millions of uh, Klingons or whatever. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't think it would be discontinued when your Starfleet is so much on the back foot in the Klingon War. Um, because, you know, you... In times of war, there's that DS9 episode that's in Latin where it's in times of war, um, rules diminish or something like that is the translation. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the, the Latin, the Latin that I can that I always remembered, um, it's from the Punisher uh, mm-hmm. that that I ended up quoting um, when I was watching the episode uh, when when. Um, Benga's talking to that get to the to the soldier. Um, pardon me, Civcus Pacum Parabellum. If you want peace, be prepared to make war. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and looking that's... it up, the DS9 is inter arma enum silent legas, which in times of war the law falls silent, which is. Mm-hmm. You know, you do what shit you can to win a war because winning the war is the important thing, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, and we get, you know, we, you know, after after Mbenga sees the kid that he sent off to die, he gets emboldened and he and he takes shit into his own hands and yeah. he takes the preparation H and he, mm-hmm. he he fucks off and he gives and he gives Chapel some as well. Yeah. He's like, if if they break through the fence, hmm. you need to take this. And then that's the last we see of that. But yeah. also, when when they took it in the first episode of this season, she was like, this like again. she'd already taken it. So but yeah. presumably... Well, the thing is, we I don't think we know if this is the end of the war or not. So Mbenga and Chapel could have been war buddies for the next year after this mm-hmm. for all we know so he could be loading up with pe- preparation h you know every other week from now um mm-hmm. we just don't know but yeah yeah i i thought considering how much i hated um the ooze venom earlier in the season i thought this was done much much better um yeah also like because we we don't get a um we don't really get like a rock solid explanation as to as to what the story there is really. Mm. Like yeah. it, it definitely feels as though it's something that that we can come back to. Like it's mm. de- it's the kind of thing that like you you could fall into the wrong hands, or it's the kind of thing where like someone like th- presumably they had people that they experimented on it with yeah you know presumably he was doing it potentially with section 31 maybe section 31 comes into this shit you know mm. so so yeah we uh yeah we uh, it's it's definitely the the kind of thing where we we know enough now but we don't know everything and it's probably something that we're going to see more of yeah yeah no i'd, I'd be happy with that you know a, f- a flashback even further to the development of it 
yeah. and the first taking of it, I think, would be you know interesting enough. Um, there is a bit of a continuity thing with this episode in that opening up, the you uniforms. see, well, the uniforms that, yeah, um, yeah, uh, that, but also the Klingons in it. Obviously, you get a bit of a, a neck snap, whatever, of it shows the Takuvma and Remain Klingon from Discovery Season 1. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, that's what we were going with Klingons. And then they look like this anyway. Klingon Master Judge. But very slowly, because Discovery Season 1 Klingons, they have the teeth and they have to speak like, Klingon Master Judge. That, like that. Um, But also, all the Klingons in this episode, when it's in the flashback, have her. And in Discovery, they say, oh no, now the war is over. All our Klingons are regrowing their hair because yeah, yeah, because yeah. we're we're trying to do a bit of a bit of wanky cover to say why yeah. Klingons look different now. We so, forgot. Yeah. I I think someone forgot about that bit. Slightly forgot, yeah. Uh, and it would that, that it would have seemed... been again. You use episodes like this to show both types of Klingon. Uh, it, why? Are you sure? Okay, for yeah. why not? Um, but like there was, there was some cool bits when we do see that fight scene where we see fucking Mbenga stab a Klingon in the head. Yeah. Like, but like before Mm. we see him actually do that, like we just see a knife. Yeah. With just like hair on it. Mm. Just like a chunk of flesh and and hair on it, on the knife. And I'm just like, oh. It's either very thick hair as well, like all wig hair. And I was yeah. just like, oh, that looks so much like wig hair. <laughs> that's Klingon hair. Klingon uh, yeah, hair looks uh, like wig hair. That, that's Funny how that. I like. Funny that, um, isn't it? No prized it in my head. I was just like, yeah, Klingons, maybe they have thicker hair. I don't know. Sure. Sure. Why not? Um, should, should we talk about the Klingon of the episode, though? Yes. So. Dikra or Dalra or something like that. Dalra. Um, Dalra or Ra. Uh, originally, yeah, I thought just... like th- this guy seems like such a like affable guy for a Klingon. Like he Dukra. walks onto the bridge. Dokra. 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 Doctor Ra. Um, he Not he walks on the bridge because that's from Stargate. Yeah. Oh, if only. He did seem like a Stargate style actor, and I he was he, very unfortunately he's not. Um, he walks on the bridge and he's getting bad mouthed and he's like, he completely ignores that like no Klingon would. Um, he gets his hand burnt by Raktagino and he's just like, yep, yeah, okay, well it's a good thing you know Klingons are made of sterner stuff. You know he seems very affable and then by the end of it, because of acting, um, mm-hmm. he's just like this guy is such a shite. Get it. <laughs> In yeah. it. Like that's the thing. He's such he's such a shit. Um, it, it's yeah. just like he just kind of seems like a, a sleazy politician by the end of it. Like you know, like yeah. you say, he goes from being like, oh, he's like he's a he's a nice guy Klingon who's who's ingratiated mm-hmm. himself with the with the Federation, and by the end of the episode, you see that he just he he really really needs people to see him. 
as having ingratiated himself with the Federation because like if if because he's built he's built his entire you know it's he's Klingon it's all reputation yeah. and his his reputation with the Klingons is fucked and mm. the 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 kind of the story that he's built for himself is what has led to his position in the Federation as an ambassador and and he needs to maintain that yeah that idea that people have of him in spite of the fact that it's it's all built on lies yeah and he, he's such a dick to people in the episode um he's just like and you know i'm here to heal you and stuff like that he's a bit like cyborg where he's just like mm. me i'm yeah. your solution to stuff um because i've gone through i've transitioned to being a warlord to being a good guy um mm-hmm. sort of crap and it's just like he he's as you say he's just in it for his own gains as the as the klingons probably thought he was like um massacred his own people and yeah. the federation are willing to believe in reform or somewhat like um the Ameri- or the allies after world war 2 are willing to take someone who will defect um even if they were the worst person in the world <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely uh, yeah. operation paperclip if anyone yeah. wants to wants to look that up and universal uh, yeah. paperclips the game that has ruined my film over the last two weeks um yeah completely different topic but just paperclip based ruined my hand bastard paperclips it's a claw now rather than a hand <laughs> um, um, so we have you know we have we have you know, Umbenga and Chapel working through their stuff, like when the when the when when Dokra comes in, they mm. are immediately like, Oh shit, it's the guy from when we were at war. It's the guy we were fighting against. Yeah. And uh you just see Mbenga with full Gowron eyes. <laughs> like Like it was Yeah. Ugh. And and he just he just fucking dips because like he he probably thinks because of something that we find out by the end of the episode he might recognize me. Yeah. You well, know, not only you know throughout throughout the episode we're we're you know it's hinted at that there is that there's more going on than just the 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 trauma of war and having fought mm. against this guy. You you get the sense that there is that there is more of of a past there there mm. is there is a connection between Benga and Dokra but then through their interactions it doesn't seem to be from like Dokra doesn't seem to be aware of it yeah yeah it it's kind of set up where it is a episode where it's it's saying oh is Dokra actually reformed you know, because that seems to be the question people are asking, like Ortegas and stuff like that. It's like, no, if if he's Klingon, you know, if he was shouting "Remain Klingon," then he can't be someone who reforms. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's not something that happens to to someone like that. Um, so that that feels like that that I thought was a good um, switch of the episode because I was like, oh, is he reformed? I didn't expect. You know, until the flashback gets to that point, um, mm-hmm. you know what the actual twist is, which yeah. I think is a, is I an amazing scene. Like in in many ways, he hasn't reformed, but also like he he 
he wasn't reforming from anything. You know, by the end of the episode, you see um, that, like, you know, when he was shouting, Klingon, judge, he mm. didn't really mean it. He was just saying what he, he was just saying and doing what he needed to, 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 to get through. You know, he was. No, I, I, I don't believe that, because I, I think if, if, if Mbenga didn't kill all his generals, so spoiler alert, which we're already way into spoilers. Yeah, yeah, and like, that's, that's the one the that thing. killed all his generals. If, if he got out there and had all his generals alive. He would have just lost one battle in a war, and all of his generals would have backed him up, and he would have been fine within the empire. You know, he he would have been the the person who slaughtered, you know, not civilians but combatants who were not. But it, but it was um, all for Klingon. himself. But yeah, that, yeah. But that's the thing. Like it's it's all just because if if someone's saying yeah, you have glory, you have honor, he's gonna totally go with that. Like mm. he gets. Benga goes to to kill Dokra and he kills all of his generals hmm. and Dokra escapes and he you know the as the you know the the order of events is kind of told to us in the episode hmm. he escapes he gets picked up by the federation and he tells them I killed my generals so that I could yeah. escape to get to you so that yeah. I could defect to you guys now, if mm. anyone wants to go and check, they'll see that those generals are dead. Like yeah. it's you know, by he's Klingon just, blade. Yeah. He's just saying the things that he needs to say in order to 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 maintain any kind of power that he he can keep hold of. And I think that that's the same. Like he can't he because by the end of the episode, at no point does he say like remain Klingon again. Like he's not. He has, you know, there there is a reading that he is he is reformed. Mm. He's trying something. He's trying to to yeah. do and be something else, but but he he hasn't he hasn't not reformed. But he's also not the thing that he's pretending to be now. He's just a shit. He, yeah, he was a shit then. He was like kill anyone that isn't a Klingon soldier because that is just like just 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 go out. Do the thing. Murder. Just yeah. Go out and kill everyone. No, there's no, there's no tactical like nuance to that whatsoever. Just go out and fucking kill everyone who isn't wearing the same colors as you. Mm. Like no fucking no strategy. He gets he gets picked up by the Federation. He says what he needs to to get by. He's on the Enterprise and he's saying what he thinks he needs to in order to get people to like him. He's not a he's not a, a an honorable Klingon. He's not a reformed man. He's a cunt. I, I I can understand that reading of it. In my reading of it that I got, um, which were you know, for whatever reason I I got this reading of it where he knows the Klingons aren't at war anymore. He knows that war with the Federation isn't honorable. Or you know, isn't something that is is looked upon heavily. Maybe he was never invested in the Remain Klingon ideology, um, but he is he's invested in um, the peace talks and being an ambassador. You know, he he's invested in being that, which I think makes it 
Um, more interesting than, less interesting on his side, but more interesting on the Mbenga killing him side, where it's just like, no, there's some things you don't reform from. You you yeah. you you put orders together that were killing women and children. There's some things that you don't reform from. I'm going to kill you, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think in, in my reading, he he had in his mind tried to reform, which um, I suppose we can we can talk about in a couple of minutes or whatever. You know what is what is reforming and who can reform and who can't. Yeah. Um, he in his mind he had and he was doing good but you know it's not good enough It the war hasn't left Mbenga so Mbenga has to end Mbenga says to Pike at the end he doesn't say um, you know he, he says something to the effect of he started this fight I finished it or he started this fight and that's the way it went the same way Chapel says, um, the knife that killed him was the butcher's knife. Yeah. Um, you know, doesn't say it was um, Dick Ra, whatever his fucking name is, Ra's Doc Ra. knife. Doc Ra uh, knife. It says it's the butcher's knife. and he, The butcher and is of like, Jagal. That's a fucking great moment when, when fucking Benga just turns around and he's like, I am the butcher of Jagal. Yeah. Like, yeah, Fantastic, man. yeah. Really reminded me of, of Duet when he's just like, I am the butcher of Galatep! Galatep. That, that's why it's like, it's so in my mind that this is just like a, a duet um, yeah. version because it's like the butcher of this and people yeah. pretending to be the butcher. Um, yeah. Yeah. But let, let's... Uh, it, it's not necessarily Star Trek, but um, in your mind then, because Star Trek poses questions. I don't know if you know this, but Star Trek sometimes poses questions of uh, our own you world. Know, I've heard that there, there's some nuance to, to, to the odd bit of Star Trek, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the question I have for, for this one is, and it, it's not something that gets answered by the episode, because I don't think it is something no. that has a definitive answer. No. Is everyone deserving of a second chance and reformation? And what do they need to do to earn it mm. for yourself? Um, well, I mean, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, no. Because mm. the problem is, in, in order to answer that question, there are other questions that need to be asked. And the, the question, again, that, that I had in my mind is... Um, are is are people justified in seeking revenge? Because for the mm-hmm. most part, you would say no. But then sometimes there are people that are so despicable. Someone needs to do something. Yeah. You no. Know, someone needs to do something, and and we get in the episode of like, but who dis? You know, Pike asks and Benga, who decides? who that person is and mm. and like when they decide who that person is how do they decide what the punishment is or or when to stop mm. you know the, like, there's a uh, reason uh, why in in general you know the world we have at the moment we don't ask the victim of a crime how to punish the um perpetrator because yeah. you know 
they they tend to be over enthusiastic with punishment let's say um yeah. because they were personally affected um yeah. and that's why yeah, the, you know as pike says there's due process <laughs> you know yeah um you have you know as an example um gary plowshay uh was a man there's there's news footage of him uh, shooting the the murderer of his child. Yeah, or, yeah. Or the, I remember this. The court know, the, footage. The man who, you yeah. know. Um, uh, let me just let me just make sure I'm getting that story straight. Uh, oh no, he didn't murder his child. He he abused he his child. Yeah. He raped his raped his child. Yeah. Um, and and you know you see him being led through an airport and you see a guy on the phone and he puts the phone down just turns around boom yeah. now morally justified questionable mm. you know um was was that man uh was was the was the was the i'm not going to say victim but was was his child's attacker was he yeah you know was he deserved of a second chance mm. um was was it was it Gary Blaschet's, uh right to to, mur to to kill that man? Yeah. In recompense, was he justified? Morally justified, potentially. Legally, mm. no. Well, legally, no. Yeah. Legally, it... no. Like that's murder. You can't do yeah. a murder. Mm. Um, but I'm sure a lot of people, I'm sure most people would say I would do the same. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, um, you abuse one if, of my family in that way, and I'd I'd happily um, take you out. And there's a reason why in prison, apparently, you know, because it's always one of the adages people say, um, child abusers and and people like that do very poorly in prison. Yep, um, it's, it's because it's a it's a general thing. Like you mm -hmm. know, you go to prison, and the first thing that happens when you go to prison in America is the people that the fellow inmates will demand to see your paperwork why are you here yeah um and if you don't provide paperwork they will immediately take that as a sign that you have touched up kids um mm -hmm. uh like you know that it's it is this it's it's this it's it's like you say there is no answer because in order yeah. to answer one of these questions of can people, does everyone deserve a chance of retribution? It, can vengeance be morally justified? Um, and and who gets to decide who gets to do that? Like, you can't answer one of those questions. You can't answer all three. You yeah. can't have a unilateral answer. And you can't answer any one of them without, like not straight up not being able to answer the other ones so. yeah it, it, in my mind um so un, unshockingly i think due process is is a great idea um i think eye for an eye is probably a poor idea um a movie i, I saw only fairly recently um about capturing um uh it was israel capturing a a nazi who'd escaped and it was um 
oh, Oscar Isaacs um, playing, you know, uh, one of the people who captured him. Uh, I think being captured and being put on trial, you know, is much better than being killed. <laughs> Shocker. Um, for them, yeah. Well, no. But not for the taxpayer. Well, for, but... I, I I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to decide even though I think it's insane um, the cost of of keeping someone who that you never intend to release you know is just insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't want to be necessarily part of a state that just kills people because they think cost is is something to do with it because then you know there's a line on where cost is drawn. You know mm. if someone if someone steals food to feed their family. And then you have to jail them for a year. That's a cost, you know. Um, and then entering them into the uh, social services system—that's a cost. And I, I don't want to enter into it being drawn, drawing a line on where the cost is. So there's, there's that not drawing the line. But I also think for for reformation, with which this guy is trying to do, you know, he's trying to reform himself or, or be a reformed character. You've got to own up to what you did. And this guy. Before Mbenga calls him out on it, he's just like, no, my generals, um, my generals were the ones who, who well, killed women war. and it children. Had to, it, had, it had to be. Yeah, they, they did it. And it was it was war. Like, I didn't have a choice. Yeah. And I'm the one who killed them because they were morally unjust. And mm-hmm. unless you accept what you did, you can't reform. Yeah. I, I think that's got to be a line in the sand for, for anyone trying to reform is... You know, you've got to accept what you did, realize the impact, and then, you know, accept that onto your psyche of, I did bad, I need to grow from that. Whereas if you if you live a lie, uh, as is covered in this episode, then you start to believe it. Um, he started to believe that it wasn't him. You know, it was his generals. You know, he's a reformed character. Um, I killed my generals. Obviously, I'm reformed. You know, whatever. See, and look, look, like, yeah, exactly. There's no blood I... on my hands, other than the blood of kid murderers. Woohoo! Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. And you don't reform that way. That that's not reformation. That's lying to yourself and other people. Um, so yeah, fuck that guy. And I think um, I think it's it is a it was a, a clever kind of a like plot twist to say like no, you didn't. That didn't happen. You didn't kill your generals. I mm. fucking did it. Yeah. Like you're was a fucking coward. You. Yeah. Because I was trying to fucking kill you. Yeah. And 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 then, you know, Dokra. You know, the the way that the the kind of the fight ends up panning out is like, he, he becomes so needy. He's like he's yeah. grasping at straws. <laughs> he's like touching his shoulder like, and shit like this. No, it's like, you don't, would please don't touch be my friend. Dude. Oh, well, yeah. please be my friend. And it's like, you know, he can see his his whole house of cards just tumbling down. Mm. And uh, and then we get, like, this that awesome shot from, from the other side of the frosted glass. Yeah, which makes it adds... ambiguous, of course, whether he killed him or, you know, who pulled the knife, we don't see. Um, oh, like, like the the thing we, is, we can guess who pulled the knife, but we, we don't can definitely see. Guess, but the thing is, the knife was in the box behind Mbenga, hmm. right? And then they get they they start having the tussle out into the middle of the room. Hmm. The only way, 
and and the way that the they, they were stood, like that is where Dokra falls when he dies. Yeah. So the only way that that knife got in that man is if Mbenga pushed him away, turned around, grabbed mm. the knife, and fucking stabbed him. Yeah. It's presented as though Doc Ra had the knife and, and Mbenga, like, wrestled it and, you know, stabbed him. But, like, Mbenga took an opportunity there. He was yeah. not... He was... He was... He was very clearly trying his hardest to not stab that man for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he was I, trying I, I, really hard not to stab him. And then the, he just... He, he pushed him because he started seeing everything fall apart. And mm. and because he's needy and he needs people to believe his bullshit, he's like, no, please, please be my friend. And yeah. and Mbenga's just like, no, 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 and just fucking loses it. Yeah. And I thought it was really smart as well that, you know, although it's it's dumb in, in science and context or whatever, but the, the blood on the blade is his generals, which means it's the butcher's blade. And because um, Ra has has said he was the butcher, you know, that's all the evidence they need to be like, no, this was his blade. He pulled the blade. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas, you know, obviously we know it's in Benga's blade and then Chapel come saying, you know, no, it was, well, it was the butcher's blade. Um, Ra was killed with a butcher's blade, which you said he's the butcher. So that means he's the butcher. And you can see Pike yep. do a, you know, Pike, Pike kind of knows, and that's why he goes to see um, Mbenga, which is also, you know, a, a, one of the best scenes this season as well, where it's about, you know, people who haven't been in these situations casting moral, you know, casting their moral ideals on people who have. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in the same way, say about... you. You can't get, or you probably shouldn't have the people who were impacted by a crime be the ones who decide the punishment. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a reason why the jury tends to be 12 people who weren't connected with a, tr- <laughs> a crime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't push the ideals of Starfleet on a, on a man who... You know, he knows those are ideals, but ideals are something you try and live up to. It's not something you meet all the time, every time, every day. Mm-hmm. And Umbenga's in this situation that is a one in a million situation of being put in front of someone who killed children pretty much in front of him. Um, mm-hmm. So you can't put those ideals that Pike had because he wasn't even involved in the war, this fucking dickhead captain. <laughs> who's yeah. trying to put the ideals yeah. onto Mbenga. You know, and you know, when he presents him, you know, the 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 old question of of like, you know, of of shifting the paradigm of saying like, yeah, no, it was an accident. But what mm. if he killed yeah. children and it wasn't an accident? Mm. Like what if, what if I didn't kill him by accident, but he deserved it? How would yeah. you feel then? You know? Uh, mm. And like he says, like, I'm not sad he died. I yeah. didn't intend for him to die, but I'm not sad that it happened. Mm. And that's like, that is the, the, that is what happened. Like whether yeah. or not Mbenga 
you know, intended to kill him. It doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. You know, mm. he died and it's fine. Yeah. The, you know, the, there's potential, you know, he could have been an asset between Klingon and human relations. Um, but realistically, fuck that guy. Do you want it? Do you want him? Do you, you yeah. know, the, the well, the well is tainted, mm. you know, as wise as he was, the, the, the fucking spirit. The, the font of wisdom that he's fucking spouting is 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 a font of children's blood. Yeah. That bastard. Um King of bastard. You King of bastard. You, yeah. You're my son. Um Yeah. Uh did you have anything else for uh the episode? One what one more thing. Yeah. Is Ortega's racist? Yeah. Because, like, she doesn't like Klingons. In last week's episode, she's the stand-in for the racist guy dealing with Romulans. Oh, in last season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, she she's... She might be someone... a little bit racist. I mean, she's someone... She's it's prejudiced. War... Yeah, prejudiced, and war has affected it in that manner. And, mm -hmm. you know, you can 100% understand in... in uh, World War Two, especially in the Pacific, where people looked um, different to each other, um, or more different to each other, um, people being racist because, you know, that was what the propaganda said the, the enemy was. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, part of people who look like that, you know, a proportion of them were the enemy. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not Iwo a good thing. Jima. It's not a right thing. Yeah. Iwo Jima. Uh, it's not a good thing. It's not a right thing. But um, yeah, she's a racist. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. She's got to work that uh, out. Did you, did you have any messages for the episode? Just questions, man. Just questions, man. Just questions. Just unanswerable questions. Uh, I had um, wars change people. Um, you can't understand if you weren't there, man. You weren't there, man. You I know there, what man. I saw. And ideals are f things that people ideally are. People who have baggage can't always live up to those ideals. Um, mm -hmm. I had those as messages for the episode. But yeah, yeah th no. this, this is, considering how flat the rest of the season has felt, um, th this I thought was a really strong uh, episode. Yeah. No, the the only the only messages that I got were like I say questions. So for the for the for the viewers and the listeners, you know, maybe pour yourself out a drink and think about you know yeah. things like RP is everyone deserved of redemption? Can vengeance be justified? And if it is, who decides? Yeah. All, all good questions that I don't think there are a definitive answer for, and mm -mm. you know, Trek poses these sometimes, and it's it's good when it does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. Then we are so fucking deep. We are We're deep, deep as fuck. How deep is this fucking episode compared to the uh, those old scientists? Where it's oh, just man, like it no, just went, whoa, no fucking story. Whoa, um, whoa. Yeah. Um, up yeah. and down and then especially that... compared to presumably next week's episode Ugh, I hate once more with feeling oh no that's the Buffy episode 
Yeah. So Buffy yeah. episode was good. Buffy episode had an underlying story that was worth it. If you look at most musical episodes, I'm just like, fuck me, man. Half these casts can't sing. And I know Celia Rose Gooding can sing. And I know um, La'an, what's her name? Yeah. Um, she's a singer as well. Uh, oh, I bet, I bet Anson Mount's got a nice baritone. He, I've, and, I've seen a Ethan video Peck. of him singing on the Star Trek cruise. So, um, nice. Uh, he, I he bet can he can sing. croon, and I bet, um, I bet, I bet, um, Rebecca Romaine's got something. Yeah. Um, I bet Ortegas. It's is probably not. Maybe. I, I don't know. I've not got yeah. faith in Ortegas. Um, do we think Mbenga's gonna sing? No. I mean, oh, the no. mics. The mics were breaking this episode. (laughs) Did you notice at at the very end, just before the scuffle, the mics were like so noisy. And it's just like, yeah, you've had to turn those mics to like maximum to pick up, uh, (laughs) to pick up Mbenga talking. It's my acting style. It's my acting. I'm a whisperer. Yeah. Um, But yeah, fucking musicals. We can talk about them next week, though. Fuck musicals. This yeah, episode is too long already. Yeah. So fucking done with this episode. Okay. Well, then, uh, if that's all we have for this week, then it is uh, like, subscribe, comment, uh, review, yep, stars, follow whatever, us, all that Follow bullshit. us on TikTok and threads and Instagram and... Uh, X.com. What, what, what? No, don't follow us on X. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> fucking X. Um, yeah. Um, for people who are listening to this and not watching, I'm doing the wanker hand sign. Yeah, for obvious reasons. Guess all the reasons, you know, and you hit all the correct ones. Um, then if that's all we have for this week, then do we want to say uh, goodbye and uh, live long and prosper, motherfuckers, and peace and long life, double dumbasses.